Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Discerninghearts.com presents St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke, who is the founder and president of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. He's also the co-host of the Divine Intimacy radio show with his wife, Stephanie. He is the author and editor of more than 17 books on Catholic spirituality, including Devil in the Castle, the book on which this series is based. St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul, with Dan Burke. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. And so one of those things that will happen in that second castle in particular is that how the enemy will work, Mm -hmm. he will work through others that are you have relationships with that are not necessarily healthy, are not going to bring you closer to your goal, your ultimate goal. And it's not that you don't care and love them, um, but you he will use those others and those voices yeah. to try to do whatever to get you away. Yeah. The first mansion, he's going to use all that too. But uh, in the second mansion, similarly, because you're still close to the, the door, you mm-hmm. know, the cow mm-hmm. for the entryway, he's still trying to get you to look back out the door. Right. And then there are people who you love who are not in the, castle right in a sense and there are and then there are subsets of those people who are more controlled by the enemy and and in whom he has more influence and thus more pull on you and it's really important in these early mansions to recognize when you don't when a person who's outside the castle influences you more than you influence them it's time to sever that relationship or put uh, boundaries around it so that uh, the influence is mitigated, you know, and I I had to do that in my own life. My closest friend um, that I grew up with uh, when I became a Christian really was completely confused. And, you know, I used Mm -hmm. to go out drinking with him and, and uh, doing things that, you know, I I could have been imprisoned for. Uh, it's it's not funny in a way, but it's it's a long time ago. God be praised. So, so the, uh, but he he became uncomfortable with our relationship, which is was good in a way. Um, but and I brought him to church. I remember he started to vibrate, literally vibrate, which probably indicates he was oppressed in some way, which is very sad. And but uh, unfortunately. He had been my friend since my earliest childhood memories until my end of high school or a little after, and I completely lost that friendship. But, um, and so I, I, I'm saddened by it because for his sake, right? But not in terms of the overall picture, because he had a choice to make and he rejected God. And I had a choice to make, and that is, I, so I can't change that. So I need to, I'm following Jesus and I'm, you know, and that's these early mansion, that's the kind of thing you have to deal with in these 
early mansions is really um, begin to dig into your spiritual disciplines of daily mental prayer, the examine, which makes us awake, um, recognize the work of the enemy through others, through temptations and draws to temporal affairs, fight those and be constant in, uh, in, you know, if I could say there's one secret to getting through the first three mansions, I don't remember if I mentioned it in the book, um, but is fidelity to mental prayer. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, and that presumes, of course, all sound sacramental participation, Eucharist as frequently as possible, confession uh, once a month minimum, you know, that sort of thing. But then, um, so with those things in place, adding mental prayer, which is just that communing with Jesus, that is the secret. If you do those things, you will make it through the purgative way. Um, if you don't, you won't. You'll get stuck in what I call circling the drain. Actually, I didn't coin the phrase. It was a, a Paul McCusker's great friend. You're circling the drain, which means you're staying close to, you're staying in the outer courts, really. Or mm-hmm. you get swept back out into the outer courts and you're just remaining in the kingdom, but not 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 actively going deeper in the kingdom, which means you're closer to the door of the lion's cage and he can fit his paws through there to reach, I don't know, what, two or three feet or four feet, maybe, I don't know. And it's really dangerous to be that close to where the enemy's the strongest. But if we keep, if we, if we stay in the fight, we do whatever we need to do to set aside time every day to turn our hearts to God, it'll get easier. You know, it's, it's never easy. Prayer is a battle, as the catechism says, but it, it will get easier. It becomes habitual. And then we, uh, uh, that draws us closer to him. And then of course that opens all kinds of new avenues of, of growth. Yeah. I think, you know, just as a, a, a footnote on that, that part of our conversation about those friends, that sometimes you have to have that, as you put it, if I'm paraphrasing even you, it's that gentle distance. Yes. You know, you it is sometimes you just have to separate for a while and it can be hard. And for those in the beginning stages, maybe as an encouragement, it will as you grow, you'll learn to grow in trust. And that if you you will give them over to the Lord ask him for the mercy and then just leave, you know, whatever's going to happen, but you've done what you can just continue to love them in, in that response of uh, a desire for God's mercy on them. And I think that's important. That's hopeful, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got to say to people, look, I love you. I can't live this way anymore. And I know, but, and, but as I say that you need to understand, I'm not condemning you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'd like you to agree with me about my faith and I'd like you to be with me, but I'm not rejecting you, but I have to distance myself from a life that keeps me from the best of what God has called me to be. And I'm sorry that causes a distance between us, but you're always invited. You know, I don't, you're always invited. I always want you with me. And sometimes we have to say that to our kids, you know which is even more painful than our friends sometimes. Well, it, it becomes, uh, there will be times, and you know it, Dan, there were, in the course of our lifetimes, storms will come 
And yeah. at some point, you know, God willing, we're a strong enough bulwark for people to to hold on to. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll turn in that storm and come back. So, and on that note, you know, I, I think in building up that strength, what you have articulated so well in this book and throughout many of your other writings, the importance of a rule for life. Yeah. And when we talk about a rule, we're just talking about disciplines. I mean, so many people are on YouTube right now trying to figure out, you know, a structure for their diet. How can I exercise? What can I do? It, I mean, to give yourself structure, uh, a rule for life. It, it's always, the church has always had that. And you have been able to bring it forward in some really uh, concrete ways for folks. Yeah, it's one of the unspoken things uh, that Teresa, uh, that if you understand religious life, and, and this is one of the things I tried to do in the book was bring out things that underlie what she's saying that most people wouldn't know. And so what is a rule of life? I think most people in our culture are pretty antinomian or, or anti-structure and, you know, whatever. But um, it, a rule isn't, uh, isn't rules like pharisaical rules. It's, so what we call it in Apostoli VA in our community is a plan of love, which I think mm-hmm. gets past some of the cultural angst about it. What does that mean? Well, I love my wife um, more than any other human being on the planet. And so there are certain ways that I interact with her that are helpful and ways that are not. And so in my plan of love, um, I have planned of things I'm going to do for God uh, and things I'm going to do for those that I love and that are mean the most to me in my life. So for God, for, for my wife, since I started there, uh, I have things about being gentle, being slow to speak, you know, because we can be too familiar with those closest to us and not be as respectful or gentle as we would with people we don't know because we're Mm -hmm. too familiar. So I have those in my plan of love. And every day when I get up in the morning, I review sometimes at night, but mostly in the morning, I review, was I gentle with her? Did I, was I slow to speak? Did I deliberately close, you know, zip it and listen really well before I responded? And after she was finished, you know, all of that, that's um, good. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. No, it is. And then my plan of love toward God is uh, just some examples. Examples that somebody at this stage would be every morning I get up at a specific time and I I read um, the book of John for 10 minutes, let's say. It's a fine goal for this stage. Um, and then at the end of the day, I examine whether or not I did it. So I examine let's say how I treat my wife in one particular way. Did I read the book of John and in a prayerful way and did, and then my examine is also a little part of my plan of love. And if you start doing that, what it does is it gets you into a holy rhythm um, like no other practice can. And, And where did I get this, by the way, most saints are religious. Okay. All religious live by a rule of life. Okay. So most Mm -hmm. saints, it's important to get, most saints are religious. The vast majority of saints are religious. All religious have a rule of life. Why is it so powerful? Because we are people that, that are designed, we are designed. Why do we love music? We love music because music has a beautiful order that Mm -hmm. moves the soul 
good music to a higher order of being. It moves the soul to the love of beauty and harmony and, you know, all of these things. Well, that's designed in us, you know, God made music. So similarly, there's a, so in music, you have rhythm and melody and you have, um, uh, you know, a kind of uh, a way that you can follow along and, and get involved more deeply in the, in the melody. Similar in the, in the spiritual life, God calls us to the same kind of beautiful rhythm of, of, of every day. It's, it's Lord, thank you for, for another day. Um, I love you. Help me. Um, show me, you know, show me the way the next day again, Lord, thank you. I'm sorry that this, I didn't do this, you know, the way in the best that I could in the way that you call me to please forgive me. Please help me to understand how do I become a better husband to my wife and a better follower of yours. Um, but without a plan of love and without um, that kind of examine, which Teresa notes is necessary in the early, uh, throughout the entire castle, we can easily fall into patterns that we don't, we're not aware of. Uh, it's the other, we have another design that because of concupiscence goes counter to this. And that is, um, as an example, I used to live on this, drive down this two lane road, which was very narrow and had these ditches on the side to get to my house and to work and to my house to, to EWTN. And uh, so, and every day I would pass hundreds of cars that would, that weigh at a minimum of 4,000 pounds a piece. And the only thing that separated us from, from a, a deadly collision is paint. Like who does that? I mean, think about it, right? I had never thought about that way, but you're right. But what, so this gift that God has given us is it helps us to forget the risks that we're facing. Mm -hmm. When you add concupiscence onto that in the spiritual life, we can fall asleep at the wheel spiritually. It's super easy to fall asleep at the wheel spiritually. So we need every day, we need this moment where we, where we wake up fully and we go, okay, what's real, what's going on? So that mm -hmm. we don't have patterns where, you know, like as an example, I don't have my, where my prayer book is or my examine is, but last week, I think I missed the rosary twice. Well, the reason I didn't miss it the third time is because I knew the two previous days, I was awake to the fact that I was on a bad pattern and I needed to be more careful to protect my sleep at night and my, you know, rhythm. But what happens to the most people is they make spiritual resolutions. This actually happened to me a, a few years ago. I went to see a great Catholic speaker. He convinced me I should be doing something at every mass. I made this resolution, did not put it in my rule of life. And about four months later, I went, how did that happen? Like, I didn't even, like, I was moved, I think, by the Holy Spirit to do this thing. How is it that I didn't? You know, I don't lack self-discipline. Well, it's because I didn't put up my rule of life. I didn't check every day, you know. So it's, I, I'm hoping that I'm re revealing how powerful this is, but it's, it's just huge to, 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 being, to being awake, you know, as the rules of discernment uh, so much are there for, uh, to make us awake to who, where is God? Where am I? What are the patterns that are leading me to him? And what are the patterns that are leading me away? 
And then how do I mitigate the bad ones and pour, you know, uh, gasoline good in a good way on the good ones, you know. We'll return to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A Love Song by St. Teresa of Avila Majestic Sovereign, Timeless Wisdom Your kindness melts my hard, cold soul. Handsome lover, selfless giver, your beauty fills my dull, sad eyes. I am yours. You made me. I am yours. You called me. I am yours. You saved me. I am yours. You loved me. I will never leave your presence. Give me death, give me life, give me sickness, give me health, give me honor, give me shame, give me weakness, give me strength. I will have whatever you give. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke. Now, I think that's what you said is so important, Dan, because you need to have that. It's, it is a rhythm of the day. It's, it's putting first things first. And, you know, I, as you were saying that, that Teresa of Avila, I mean, she's writing for religious. I'm thinking of a family that benefited so greatly by the husband and wife's dedication to certain practices. And I'm thinking of Louis and Zelle Martin. Oh, yeah. Every morning at like 5.30 in the morning, they were up and going to mass 
And even when Zali is practically crawling because of the pain from her breast cancer, and she is getting to mass and the family prays the rosary every night. Now, sometimes I know in our own family, it rosaries can get interrupted and we have to get up. We got to run. I mean, it's, I envision sometimes that it wasn't always just everybody sitting around a table and just being very quiet, praying the rosary, but it was probably a great engagement of the Holy Spirit and grace in that family. And that's just some of the things um, that I'm sure that they participated in. And that's why I think what you've done in the devil and the castle is bring forward that you can, in a very concrete way, here are the tools, begin to consciously implement these in your life. And you can stop the devil, the tempter, the great tempter. That's primarily how he's going to affect all of us. Um, that's his first course of action is to tempt you away from that. Start, start building that up, and uh, you'll, that's, a, that's a great way of continuing on the journey. Would you yeah. say that's correct? Yeah, and that's really, uh, you've, you've highlighted something that I've been working on for years, is asking the question, how do people become saints? And what, mm -hmm. what and, and though most of them are religious, still though, there are things that they do that we can do. Things that we they do we can't do. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you and I are both married. We can't. You know, we we can't exit out of those duties of our state in life to our spouse for the sake of holiness. That that would be a, a temptation of the devil. But you and I can control whether or not we get up a half hour earlier to pray. We can control whether or not we we go to confession once every six months or once every month. You know, uh, we can control a lot of things or replicate a lot of things. Another example is sacred space, which is they all, all religious tend to have a sacred space, a place where they go to pray. And we can do that in our own homes. We can have a candle, we can have a, you know, an icon, we can have a little, you know, we don't have to have a full blown chapel like we do here at the retreat center. Um, but for years I prayed with a little uh, icon of Jesus and Mary and a little candle on the windowsill of my basement, you know, the wider windowsills they have in colder country, like probably what you guys have. And mm -hmm. then a little a bent or chair I bought from Hobby Lobby, you know, all, all, the whole setup was all of $25 or something like that. But we, but that just even doing that, which all mm -hmm. religious do to, to, to a greater or lesser degree going to a space that's separate, a space that's dedicated, no multi-use, affects our soul. That's why it affects the religious, you know, it has some kind of beauty and then it trains your body that, that every, if you get up to the exact same time every day, it, your body becomes your friend because now, unless you travel a lot like I do when it, and in my case, it wakes me up at 2 a.m. in California and says, hey, it's time to pray. And I have to tell it, no, you need to shut up. It's, it's, we're not, I'm, this is Pacific time, you know, but it's, it's humorous, mm -hmm. but it, it it's works. tough. Yeah. It, it, but it does work when you're bought, when you get into a rhythm, your body becomes your friend, your mind, your distractions are less because you, you've trained your mind. This is the time I go to prayer. And that's the power of, the rule of life or the plan of love and uh, getting into a holy uh, rhythm with God. Yeah. I think that when, once that happens, that, that, 
that movement, as it were, the soul, you may not even be aware of it, but then you're by that time, you're really experiencing the graces and the challenges of the third mansion. Yeah. And yeah. that, I, you know, again, that rhythm is a Benedictine oblate. That was the biggest appeal to me. And for Bruce is the, the order of the day. You know, yeah. that you there are certain things, no matter where you're at, this is the morning and this is what you dedicate in, in the afternoon and, and the, the taking of the time because the world is of this great order. And that rhythm of God, the, you're, you're brought into, um, you know, and those divine encounters with scripture, that's something else that you talk about too. I mean, the importance of the scriptures and, yeah. um, and, and allowing that to be a source of the sacred divine uh, in our lives. You know, uh, you said something before that, that I think is really important to bring out. You're a Benedictine oblate. I have uh, a more uh, Carmelite expression. Uh, They're all important. And I really, you got to, everyone needs to find their tribe. I I don't know how to validate this theory, but I believe it's true. I do know for a fact that saints run in packs. And so if you want to be a saint, find them and run with them. Yeah. Saints make saints. That's right. But the, most, uh, I, I think I can say all or most have a tribe, you know, a Benedictine tribe, a Franciscan tribe, a, a Dominican tribe, a Carmelite tribe. So find that local group. If you're looking for help to establish this rhythm, uh, make sure they're faithful. You know, if, if you're anywhere near Chris, I, I guarantee you her Benedictine Oblate group is going to be faithful. Make sure they're faithful to the magisterium. Um and then, and then begin to enter into that rhythm of life that they offer, and it, it'll be huge for you. Well, and I think, you know, in this time, as you talked about the great economy of God, he never, I, I found he never wastes an ounce of grace. Right. I mean, he is so good with that, that he, who could have conceived of what we now understand as the internet? This great net that he says, you know, cast your net on and, and catch fish. Well, this one goes throughout the whole world. Right. And when you think of 7 billion people on the earth, and so many people of those billions are affected by this, there are those who will not be able to, to find someplace in their local area. I don't care what part of the world you're in. You can, you know, whether United States, Europe, Africa, Philippines, um, or something that speaks to your heart in that. And so there have been God in his way has allowed um, through that grace opportunities for people to grow closer. And that's one of the, I think one of the great outgrowths of your ministry, Dan, Mm -hmm. you, you kind of got a sense of that early on and wanted to provide a place and yeah. you, you did the best you could and trying to, to find and discern the right people to bring in to kind of help guide people. Yeah. So our community is called Apostle VA. And as you're referencing, we're in 47 countries, but the cool thing is it's not just online. What's happening is there's so many people, there's thousands involved that we're, we'll probably have a hundred new uh, small groups or so by the end of this year, who, who, where we're teaching people how to encounter Jesus in the gospel. I think we have, uh, Aust- we have an Australian actually visiting who's part of the community. 
uh, right now who's at the retreat house, but we have people in Australia and Singapore and Japan and Canada and Croatia. And, you know, so there's a beautiful new, it's a movement, I think, to mitigate the loss of Catholic culture. And the, uh, I, I think you live in a uniquely beautiful diocese where you've had some very good leadership, but a lot of people don't have that. And, and faithful Catholics are few and far between. So I think this is a new work, you know, whereas what you're doing works where you are, this works where there's not enough of a concentration oftentimes of faithful Catholicism. And so together we're all living in one way or another and using the tools at our disposal from our time to really help to draw people to the Lord and discerning hearts is a great one as well, because you have no borders, you know, because you can, you can, people can listen to you wherever, wherever they are. Well, we want to be that, that source of encouragement and to help offer. Um, and we've talked about this in other settings in, in pilgrimages we've been on and different things that you, you want to have it be authentic yeah. You know, and what's the definition of that? Well, it it sticks. You dive into that this great mystical tradition of the church, um, and the, the magisterium, the teachings, the 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 heartbeat of what has been yeah. given to us in that great order, and um, I I think that's where we have to be very careful, and uh, so things that we enter into you will be challenged. If you ever enter into something where you're not going to be challenged and you're not going to suffer, and occasionally you're going to hear the word no. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with that? And I think that's those are kind of hallmarks that we have to uh, be prepared as we enter into this, this journey. I mean, if you're going to go on a diet, they're going to tell you no on certain right. foods and certain activities. Why would the spiritual life be something that's just all you know, sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, everything. I mean, well, and as you know, community life too is, is John of the Cross says it's, it's the purpose is to chisel you and refine you for kingdom. It's not, it's not to make you feel good. It's to help you to get to heaven. And so right. community life, when it's healthy, can be even very difficult, but uh, it's necessary. And, and it's just one of the many gifts that God's given us to, to really um, draw near to him. Well, in closing in this part of our conversation, I could go, we can go even deeper into some of these other areas, but uh, I want to really uh, encourage people to pick up a copy of The Devil in the Castle and take a look at the back in each of those sections. Um, as you're, it, and I know I was, and you have to, I bet, going back and rereading that there are going to be times that. Uh, Especially in those early, again, going back and looking at the first, the second, and the third mansion, you're going to be challenged. It will, it's a good gut check, but then also be guided in those reflections, um, the questions, those types of things, and kind of trust the process, right, Dan? I mean, trust, it's okay if you're feeling, oh, you know, pinged. Um, It's it's not a bad thing. Yeah, in in the second mansion, Teresa speaks even of the God allowing the enemy, the the, the reptiles and the such that uh, the words that she uses to sting and bite us a little bit, not to destroy us, but to wake us up. And so, um, 
uh, yeah, we, we need not be discouraged. And in fact, if you take a step toward the Lord uh, or something good like this, it's often true, not perfectly true, but often true, that if you encounter significant uh, resistance that you're on the right path. And so you can be encouraged that you've chosen the right path if things are tough. That's right. And there's a, I, I feel the need to offer another, just a quick thing for our listeners. There's a particular type of suffering that comes along too with waiting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to wait. Yeah. And, and that might be the waiting of a spouse, um, of, a, of a church even, of somebody, you know, so that others have the same type of awareness that you do. That, that suffering and waiting for that is a, is a real uh, a part of the cross that sometimes we have to carry. But yeah, don't be well, discouraged by that either. Yeah, I mean, you know this. When you first get on fire, you really want everything now. And, uh, and that's, you know, and we should run, you know, we should flail towards heaven, but we have to be careful and prudent and realize, you know, saints aren't made in a day and, you know, it, our faith will cause other issues in our life that we have to resolve and all for the sake of our salvation. And uh, we have to be patient with those, especially near to us, if we're in unequally yoked marriages where our spouses are not where we are and we have to be gentle with them and patient. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's a challenging journey. He called it the narrow way and the difficult way for a reason, but it is also a beautiful way that I I have to say there is no other way that I'd ever want to live. And in fact, nothing else makes sense to me than to follow Him. Mm, amen. And for those of you who are, you know, you feel that you know well. That's all nice. The first, second, and third mansion; those those are nice. But that's long in my rearview mirror. I'm I'm a I'm a fifth mansion girl, or I'm a six <sighs> you know six mansion guy, or whatever that is. Um, I think you need to go back if yeah. you if you're feeling that way, and just uh, give yourself uh, uh, just the opportunity to grow and to you help know others, expand and, uh, and help others by if you are truly that far in, it's your job to help others. And, mm-hmm. and often it's not easy to articulate how to do that. I think what we've done here really helps. It's, it's almost like a field guide that you can have a directee, you know, as a spiritual director to help you work through or as a mentor or whatever. But yeah, so going back is good. And it's been good for me just getting ready for our conversations, uh, a little convicting, but. Yeah, good. and I got to write confession again. So, yeah. yeah, I might. Too. No, but that's a good thing. I love yeah. it. It's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I just, but, but in a good, reverent, holy way, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Dan Burke, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. It's been great to be with you. Grateful for discerning hearts and all the good that you're doing in the world. We need many lights like this, bright lights to the, the truth. And you, you've been an exemplary um, guide yourself and through this uh, work. So thank you. Well, it's very kind and encouraging of you. I guess that makes you, you're, you're holy. Wow. Thank you. I don't know about that. I don't okay. Know. God be praised. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Dan. All right. You've been listening to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit 
DiscerningHearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. Also, you can view the video of our conversation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you find us worthy, please consider a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke.